You're listening to Comedy Central. So it's, it's, uh, it's very nice to, to be here. It's different. You know, I grew up in, I grew up in, in Ireland. In 1981, Ireland was, yeah, hold your fire there, everyone. <laughs> Someone's about to be pretty sassy about Ireland. It is an, an interesting observation that here in particular, in New York City, people, when they find out you're Irish, love to come up and they love to do their hilarious impersonation of this accent to me. Please don't do that. Because it's always mildly offensive, borderline racist. Oh, you're Irish, but Jesus. There's a bomb in me potato, to be sure. You've no idea how monocultural the Ireland that I grew up in was. In 1982, Ireland was 96% white Catholic. That is a nightmare. It was the only country in the world where parsley was regarded as a spice. Where someone would take a mouthful of vegetable soup and be like, oh, no, 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 that is burning. Send that back. A foreigner has made that. This will give you an idea of how monocultural it was. We knew of one Protestant who lived on our road, and she was called the Protestant. And she lived in a house called the Protestant's house. And she had a gooseberry bush in her front garden. Of course she did, Protestant. <laughs> and we're, when people were coming home from school, they used to pick the gooseberries and throw them out her window and go, yeah, Protestant, and run off. And one day the Protestant caught one of my friends. I think she must have been on the roof and she flew down. <laughs> like, ah, got his heart, down, 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 down. And my mother found out, and my mother was furious. And I was like, Mum, it's fine. She's Protestant. <laughs> and Mum said, David, I'm Protestant. We're pretty much a Protestant family. No! Beelzebub! All right, that was David O'Doherty with the Protestant from John Oliver's New York stand-up show. I'm Chrissy Catholics, but I thought the Protestant bit was really funny. Um, <laughs> this is Stand Up with Chris Stefano. Nicole Boyce, Comedy Central, Kaloe. We're in the building. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing good. Today's International uh, Comedians Day. Yeah, are you going internationally? Yes, I'm going to London, England. Do you do different jokes for international comedian audiences? Nicole W. Boyce. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, The short answer is yes. Okay. Because. (laughs) End of of episode. (laughs) Great. Yeah, because even though I should be giving the long answer because it's a podcast. um, Sure. The. what I do yeah. is different countries. So I've been to Scotland, Ireland, England, um, Norway. Okay. They watch so much American television that you'd be surprised. Like some people say, oh, don't make a Subway reference in Scotland. It's like they actually would understand. Because Subway, the restaurant or the, the transportation? The transportation. They would actually, <laughs> they don't, they're not, you know, you can't make a, a joke tube. about the F train, but if you talk about the New York sure. City subway system, they are very familiar with that's what so that's fun. about. They're like, yeah, fuck the G, the G's the worst one. Yeah, like they that they everything. may not know. Also, I think for me personally, I have to talk a lot slower. Like oh, a lot just of slower. Like because I just, inevitably, New Yorkers talk very fast. Yeah. That's something we could probably all work on. Oh yeah, even like, I remember like, when I did my hour special, Size 38 Ways, Comedy Central, the first show I did, because uh-huh. my family was there. Uh-huh. So here's, my family was there, and I'm like, I, I've known now for my second hour special, like, no friends and family are coming. I'm doing it in a city where it's like, 
I gave you guys the first one. Like, I this is my job. Like, uh-huh. get out. Like a destination I, wedding. Because I was so, so in my head come. that like my mom is here, my dad is here, my uh-huh. friends are like uh-huh. I didn't want anybody there. But I did in New York. I had to do it. So anyway, I went so fast, and I wound up doing like fifty minutes. Like, the, you uh, have to do like sixty. Yeah. But then the second show was they were gone, and I was relaxed. And then like the same material went mm. like way longer because it was just like. So that happens a lot where it's like you can blow through your material because yeah. you're talking so fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But in the UK, it's a problem or international because they don't understand you. Like they uh-huh. they can't understand. I know we all speak English, like obviously Ireland and uh, you know England, whatever, Scotland, they all speak English, but it's a different English. Yeah. So you have to also do research like, hey, do you say this word or that word? Chris, could I make a request that you do your uh, famous joke about being at customs? And they asked for your surname. Oh, you want me to do that joke? Yes, or do you please. want to play it? Do the joke. No, do the joke. Do the joke. T- two seconds. Oh, two seconds. Yeah, I was at, um, they say last name is not last name in the UK. <laughs> they call it surname. And uh-huh. I didn't know that. And they were like, what's your surname when I got to the UK border? And uh-huh. I was like, Sir Christopher DeStefano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like surname. Also, Love I have an actual Love real story that's not a joke. Uh-huh. That like, well, I could make it into material, but I'm just being lazy because I don't work hard enough. But, um, no, we said last episode you do work okay, hard. Fine. Sir Christopher DeStefano. Sir Christopher DeStefano. I last time I went to the UK, very <laughs> stupid because I don't like lying. Because my mother raised me up to be just a, a good-hearted Catholic boy. Um, they asked me at the border. They uh-huh. said um, UK in Heathrow. They were like, "Do you? What are you doing here?" And I was like, "Oh, I have some shows." But I didn't have a. I didn't have a visa. Mm-hmm. I had a visa. Uh-huh. Like it just was pending, and I and they told me I was so tired from the flight, and they had told me my agent was like, "Hey, just say you're here for like you're just traveling, yeah. don't because we don't have the visa yet. Yeah, like yeah. we're gonna Slipping email it to you, table. but we technically don't have it yet." Oof. But I didn't. I, I just illegal fucked immigrant. up, and I said, and then she was like, "Well, where's your visa?" And I was like, "Well, I'm actually not getting paid." Then I started to lie, and she was like, "You need a visa. Like mm-hmm. you're not moving until you show me a visa." She's like, it you was, need a visa and a better manager because you're not yeah. getting paid for these shows. And it was 7 o'clock in the morning in London, <laughs> so it was like whatever it was, 1 o'clock yeah, in the yeah, morning yeah. in L.A. Yeah. Where like the no, 1 o'clock here. 1 o'clock here, yeah. so that means it was... Oh, my wh- God. It was, yeah, it's bad. Every, every office from my agency was closed. Yes. Right? Yeah. Including the one in London, because mm-hmm. UTA, thankfully, has an office in London. Like, a lot of agencies don't have that, but like, yeah. thank God they had one. Yeah. But anyway... 7.30 in the morning, they say, if you don't have it in an hour, we oh, have God. to send you to a holding cell. Oh, so I, my God. Yeah, so, and I knew I was, I mean, I was making every call in the book, mm-hmm. calling, emailing yeah, 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 everybody. Yeah, yeah. Nobody could, nobody was answering. That is like the worst <clears throat> possible time. I was with my kid's mom, uh-huh. right, at the time. Okay. And she was like not helping the situation because she was like, you know what, I'm just going to get on a flight and go back home. I was like, oh, no, God. you're not going to go back home. Oh, like, what are you talking? Like, it was yeah. just like drama, drama, drama. But because we were all like high anxiety. So anyway, yeah. they take me to this holding cell. And now Jasmine has no phone because her phone um, broke on the plane somehow. We had to get a new phone. And <laughs> just is in the airport. Like they were like, you can like you're going to have to find her. And I was uh-huh. like, so I had to tell her to wait. I didn't know how long it was going to take. Yeah. I was like, just there was um, like a coffee shop. I was like, just wait there. Nine hours later. No. Nine hours. It took me to get this visa. She was sitting there, like she was like, Chris, she was like, you don't understand. I'm talking about like, I was one minute away, one minute away from just getting on a flight and going home. Like one minute, she was like, because because they had told, and the only reason why she said this, she said, hey, um, she was asked an agent, like explain to him the situation. And he was like, most likely, if it's nine hours, he was deported and he's back in JFK or he's on a flight back to JFK because like, it's crazy. We were in these holding cell 
And there was another guy from the US who was there with his girlfriend and he just wanted to like live in the UK, but like didn't have proper paperwork or whatever. And they were just, <laughs> and they said, if you get deported, they uh. w- agents like border agents walk you from the holding cell onto the flight oh, back yeah. to the, oh, yeah. and like stay on the flight until the doors close. Mm-hmm. So like you cannot get off and get back in. Is there a free flight? It's a free flight. Okay. You can't go back to the UK for six tip. months. Oh, okay. six months. Cannot go back. Not a hot travel tip. And then, it, and then it's like fucking, you know, brutal. But anyway, I finally got in touch with. These, yeah. How'd you get out? Yeah. I just kept emailing. Oh, and in the holding cell, you couldn't have your phone. So I was like, to the guard, I was like, how am I? I, I have a visa. It's like pending. Like I need to get in touch with these people. And he was like, if your phone rings, I'll knock on the window. Mm. So like every, and then it was like just randomly, like my mother calling, like, did you land safe? I'm like, going <laughs> back. Because then my phone started to die. And I said, do you have a charger to the UK agent? He said, uh. I can't charge your phone. What? And I was like, oh my. So it was like the anxiety, like through the roof. I think by the time I got my visa, like in an email to, to show to them and they copied down the number, and did it, my phone was at like 3%. That's so scary. Yeah, and then nine hours, I was like, I'm gonna go up there and my Jasmine's gonna be gone, you yeah. know, like, cause I'm like, I, and I'm, she's even gonna be there. Crazy, like crazy. Just the phone alone on 3% is enough to, brutal, for me brutal, to brutal. just completely give up. The That's visa the situation for performers is really interesting. Like I've had a yeah. lot of experience getting these O-1 visas for international performers that want to perform here in the States, including David O'Darty, who we just listened to. Um, it takes so much, mm-hmm. so much paperwork and so much money to get an O-1 visa really? to perform in the States. And you can't do anything here without one. Without one, I know. Um, Daniel Simonson, so funny, new to America, but I mean, will 100% like make things happen. But right now, so you know, funny. he just can't. Like, you know, he's, there's only gigs he can do with like the local comedy seller gigs he can't headline yet because you know, his people are like, you don't sell enough tickets. He can only, though, according to his visa, do comedy. Uh-huh. So he sometimes makes like $30 a week, yeah. but he cannot, he's willing to bartend. He wants to be here. He cannot. He'll get deported. It's so, it's true. That's great. That's he's a good so way funny. to force yourself to do, to stay in the game instead yeah. of the stand-up game. You have just to. Just to get a visa. That All right, I'm going to London. introduce these next clips? Yeah, so who do we got? We got um, Jeannie Yashere, who, hilarious British comic, yeah, good friend of mine, always at the Comedy Cellar. She's always like, "Hello, doll." <laughs> Jeannie Yashier, great person, yeah, great person. Um, and then John Oliver. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot since moving to America. What else have I learned? What else have I learned? I've learned your health system is crap. Yep, I've learned that. I'm from England. We have free socialized healthcare in England. I get sick. I go to the hospital. I don't have to think about nothing. Yeah. I made the mistake of getting sick here in America <laughs> last year and I, <laughs> I, was, I didn't want to go to the hospital. I ended up going and the doctor was speaking to me and all I'm hearing is dollars, 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 dollars. He's going, Gina, we're going to have to put you on a heart monitor. And I'm like, heart monitor? Uh, doctor, uh, can I take the heart monitor home? Can I do, can I do this myself, doctor? I will call you if I die. Can we do that? (laughs) I spent one night in hospital. They tried to charge me $15,000 for one night in hospital. And I shared a room with an old lady who farted all night. (laughs) That is not value for money, people. 15 grand for farty, bitch. No. I was like, this woman is like a human machine gun. Take a picture, quick, take a picture. 
what else have I want learned? What else have I learned since moving to America? Oh yeah, I've learned that uh, in America, when you guys get fat, you get really freaking fat. <laughs> Humongous. Cartoon fat, cartoon. I know why though, I know why. I watch a lot of television, all your commercials are food. Every other commercial is food. Like you got this Subway $5 foot long sandwich, right? $5, $5. This is why you guys are so fat. This is the only country in the world that measures its food in feet. <laughs> Obesity is an epidemic in this country. It is. And it's now, it's now trickling down to races of people that aren't normally predisposed to it, right? The other day, you're not gonna believe this, you're not gonna believe this. The other day, I saw a fat Chinese kid. <laughs> they do not exist outside of America. I was like, oh my God, that is a fat Chinese kid. It's humongous. <laughs> I am going to die in America. <laughs> take a picture, quick, take a picture. <laughs> I swear to God, if I see a fat crackhead, I'm going back to England, I swear. <laughs> and thank you very much, Jeannie Asher, good night. But I've lived, I've lived here now in this country for four and a half years, and I love it here. And one of the things I love most about this country is I truly believe you are a lot more eccentric a nation than you give yourselves credit for. <laughs> you are much weirder than you think you are. Now, I can give you proof of this. Recently, I went to Boise, Idaho for the first and, God willing, final time. <laughs> but... There is something in Boise which I will never forget seeing. In the center of Boise, on, on the main street through it, there's this huge gray building. And on the front of the building, in gigantic yellow letters, is one word. And that word is library. <laughs> and then, there's an exclamation mark. <laughs> and I spent hours trying to figure out what that exclamation mark was really trying to say. Was it, I oh know, I can't believe Boise's got a library either. I don't know when it got here or when it's leaving, but I think we have to learn to live with it now. Or was it library, exclamation mark, just kidding, it's a Chuck E. Cheese. Come on, get this guy some cinnamon sticks, he's had a very shocking event happen. Boise doesn't need a library. America doesn't need libraries. You don't need books here. There are plenty of books in the world and plenty of people who've read them. It's not your area of expertise. Well, there is some genuine tension in this room now. As, as if you're collecting or saying, you better have a joke to undercut that premise. Relax. I'm about to give you a compliment. You don't need books. Stick to what you are truly great at, TV. No one in the world is better at making TV than you are. 
do you have any idea just how good the TV show Wipeout is? <laughs> do you have any idea of what you've done? You've seen it, where members of the public jump across gigantic inflatable balls before falling and sustaining what I can only imagine is a colossal spinal injury. <laughs> Wipeout is so good, you've essentially finished television. <laughs> it's over now, you completed it. We have reached the kill screen of TV. And it turns out that the kill screen is a man being repeatedly slammed in the testicles by a foam-covered hydraulic hammer. <laughs> Watching Wipeout, you get that calm sensation wash over you, as if you're watching a nation doing exactly what it should be doing at this point in its history. Because watching Wipeout is like watching the last days of ancient Rome. Oh, it's fun, and it looks spectacular, but deep down, you know it can't last forever. And don't get me wrong, you make great quality TV as well. I think The Wire is the greatest television show ever broadcast. Until I saw Wipeout. And now I just think it's okay. I think it's fine. It could do with a few more people falling over, that's all. And most countries would have stopped there, having finished something they'd stop and move on and do something else. But I guess there's that special quality in Americans, that pioneering spirit, which throughout history has pushed you that extra mile to achieve the incredible. So instead of stopping with Wipeout, instead, you created a show called Downfall. And the fact that no one in this room knows what Downfall is, <laughs> is a tragedy that I will now correct for you. <laughs> Downfall was on very briefly last year, and it was a game show in the normal sense of the word. People competed to win prizes. The twist, though, the inspired twist, was that in Downfall, if you failed to win one of the prizes, that prize was then pushed from the roof <laughs> of a ten-storey building. <laughs> Prizes like grand pianos, <laughs> jet skis, pushed from the roof of a 10-storey building. You did that, you did that, you did that. In fact, not only did you do it, you then didn't watch it as well. You, you exercised freedom in its fullest sense. Oh, I want you to make that programme, don't get me wrong, it's just I will not be tuning in but I want to know it's there. I want to know that I can flip past it and ignore it if I want to. That, I, that is my right. <laughs> do you also, do you have any idea how powerful a message you are sending to the world when you push a jet ski? <laughs> a jet ski from a 10-story building. It was taken off the air by ABC after just five weeks, presumably because it was just too good. <laughs> We're not ready yet for anything of that quality. The human brain can't handle it without exploding. <laughs> but think for a second about what, about what we gave up. Because that was the biggest imaginable 
you to terrorists you could possibly issue. I promise you, when you push a jet ski, a jet ski from a 10-story building, what you're essentially saying is, there is nothing you can do to us that we are not already doing to ourselves. me another jet ski. <laughs> These people don't frighten me. I frighten me. You don't know me. You don't know me. I got jet skis for days, son. That was Gina Yashere and, and John, John Oliver. Oliver. Cuties. Drinks. And Brits. Coming up next, we got a Jimmy Carr clip. Jimmy Carr, let me tell you. Yeah. So I did uh, Just for Laughs Montreal last year and just randomly was on, uh, I think, Jim and Sam, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts' show that they did live from Montreal and I was on with Jimmy Carr uh -huh. and I was wearing a, um, what, I was wearing a stupid British band t-shirt. I forgot who it was. It was something crazy. And, One uh, Direction. No, it wasn't. It was, and I didn't even know that it was a band and it's like a well-known band. Clash? No, it was, um, Begins with the W. It wasn't the Who. Whitney. Wham. Houston. Wham. Really? It was a wow. Wham shirt. Wow. Yeah, it was a Wham shirt. I and was joking. No, it was Wham. Chloe. It was a white, uh, all white T-shirt with said Wham on it. And Why? Where did you get yeah, that? Yeah, I, I don't like, know. Let's hone in remember. on that. Detail. But anyway, <laughs> I we're on the podcast, and he saw it was genuine because like it truly was genuine. Like I was like, um, he said, uh, he said something like. I said something, and then he said one of their song titles. He's like, you know, like, blah, 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 right? And I was like... The Jitterbug. Yeah, I was like, yeah. And he was like, what do you mean, yeah? He was like, that was a clever, clever joke. And Jim Norton then, like, noticed what was happening. He's like, wait a second, wait a second. He's like, Chris, do you not know who's on your T-shirt? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know. I was like, it's two guys, and it says wham. And then the whole crowd starts, like, laughing. Jim's like, hold on, hold on. And then Jimmy is like, wait, Jim, hold on. He's like, wait a second. You're telling me uh, you don't know these two guys and what that band is. You just bought that T-shirt and put it on. I said, yeah. From that moment on, like every time he sees me, he's just like, Chris, sit down. We need to talk. Like he's like become like my friend uh -huh. now where it's like Jimmy Carr is a very huge comedian in yeah, the UK. But yeah, like yeah. he because of how stupid I actually am, he's like, I want to work with you. Oh my God, and I even when I'm that. going out to the UK, like he told me, he was like, hey, message me and I'll post what what you need. Like, I want you to I want you to be successful in the UK. I love that. Wow. Last time I was in the UK, well, 10 years ago when I was in the UK, uh -huh. I ate, I wanted to just, I like missed America so much and I wanted to only eat American food, which is stupid. I'm an idiot. And I, I went to the same Burger King in the middle of the city there. Oh like every day I'm talking about it, I ate like the most Burger King you've ever eaten in your life. <laughs> the most Burger When I got home, like uh -huh. literally like Landon uh -huh. in JFK, go home, put on the TV, CNN, Anderson Cooper is talking about how all of London, specifically Burger King, was under investigation for using horse meat in their Ooh, burgers. I just read something that uh, Burger King, they say they sell those vegan patties and they were just giving people the meat patties oh instead God. of the vegan Believe ones. Believe it. In like this, Brooklyn. I have such a great relevant fun fact. So in Australia, yes. there are Burger King obviously wanted to franchise and extend to Australia, but there was already just some guy who was the Burger King, and he refused to sell the name to like the Burger King Corporation. The Burger King. So there's there's Burger Kings in Australia, but they're called Hungry Jacks. 
Really? They're not because called there's a burger. King. Because there are there. Why not? Because they have. If a, I was that guy, why not take twenty I million? Know, 20 I don't know. But what I, does Burger King get? Just yo, give that's me like thirty million. People mil. do with like Instagram handles, where like you have an Instagram handle. That's I had a friend who had an Instagram handle, and then a magazine started that was that handle, and she sold the handle to them for like a thousand bucks. She probably could have a got a thousand bucks. Like a what the money. fuck is Nicole? We should Way just more. grab all the. Hand- I know she should have got a lot. Way more. more. She should have gotten at oh, least yeah. ten. What was her handle? At Pace Magazine, what was it? Yeah, <laughs> she Pace had, Magazine, she had as if they have a thousand dollars. Oh wow! Shots! Wow! Comedy Central, Chloe, shots fired. Uh, yeah, sh- her name is Vogue. So if you want to sponsor Pace Magazine, we're open, available. Um, um, yeah, so we yeah. should just get into the mar- we should get into the market of just taking uh, Instagram handles. And Let's do I it. think actually people do that. That is like yeah, that's there's a business. That's business. absolutely an yeah. Or people like I. My other podcast, History Hyenas, it's historyhyenas.net because a fan um, bought historyhyenas.com. And, and they won't give it to they you? They want to sell it. Like, they want it. That's oh. how they want to make money. They're like, oh, give me a thousand. We're like, we're not going like, to. No. My we'll very, you could have got dot edu. My very. Edu. Did I say that? <laughs> dot edu. Didn't you go to, like, New Zealand for, like, a whole summer? Mm-hmm. Would you suggest New Zealand or not suggest it? Oh, my God. Hard, hard endorse. Hard, my brother goes Better to than Australia? There. So I did like a walkabout where I was in Bali, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand. Whoa. And New Zealand was probably my favorite one. Mm -hmm. I worked on an organic farm, an organic kiwi orchard. (gasps) That's the Gay. No. (laughs) That's what I can say. (laughs) Kiwis are gay. Uh, yeah, you can't. Well, kiwis are also what people call people from New Zealand, so you probably shouldn't just like blanketly say kiwis are gay. Oh, but true. we do love our gay kiwi fans. Happy Pride Month! Happy Pride Month! Happy, <laughs> happy kiwi month! <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but New Zealand's amazing, and also um, we don't have any of them in their library. But there's amazing comedy happening in New Zealand. Oh hell yeah! Let's shout out Guy Montgomery. Flight Ro- of the Concords. Rose Matafeo. Flight of the Concords. There's so many. Oh my cool god, people. you're right. We should do New Zealand. Babe, New Zealand. <laughs> is New Zealand like? Should I, I should fucking go there. Yeah, you should. Everyone should go there. Go there when you have a lot of time because you can't do the whole thing in two weeks. There's the North Island, big, there's the South Island. You big. need to be there for literally months. Um, it's amazing. I'm I going went, there soon. I went skydiving. Yo, really? Mm-hmm. You're going to New Zealand? Yeah, my brother goes to school there. So we're going to see his oh, graduation. That's cool. right. You told us that. Yeah. I'm very I'm, excited. When my daughter, she's only four now, but when she's like mm, eight, yeah. like I'm going to do that. Like I'm going to do that, especially with for, her. Like, 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 just go for three weeks in the summer, take her to New Zealand. So, speaking of Gail's Backyard Honey, this is something that's super cool about my mom. So she, in every June, goes to France by herself for a month. Gail's a magical woman. Hi, Gail. Uh, hey, Gail. Oh, bonjour, Gail. Bonjour, Gail. Uh, I, I, I always thought Gail was a funny name for a pet. Uh, yeah. Like, imagine, like, totally. having, like, a dog really named funny, Gail. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, like, this is my dog, Gail. Hilarious. That's Because it's, like, a good, it's, like, a strong... Like human woman name. Like I met a I met or a like dog once. Nancy. A Rot- Nancy. There was this Rottweiler at the dog park once. Her name was Josephine. <laughs> it's a Rottweiler. Oh my god, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Like just sort of boring human names, like Janet or sort of like Hilarious. Howard. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. My my mother's dachshund's name is Larry. That's great. Larry. I love that. Not Lawrence. Larry. We should get a podcast dog that we. Yes, like a mascot together. dog or yeah. like an actual living, breathing actual animal dog. Okay, you got to feed it. I gotta feed it? Okay, then I don't want it. I love animals, but I'm the kind of guy, I love animals, I really do, but yeah. I just, mm-hmm. the thought of like having one, like owning one, I can't. I just can't right now. My dog growing up was Jerry. <laughs> Hilarious. So funny. He was great. Okay, what awful. would our mascot be for this podcast? What type of dog? Just any animal. What would our mascot be for uh, this podcast? Um, well, I think we, we, Snake? 
No, we eat omelets almost every time we record, so I think probably, probably chicken. Just an Chickens. Oh, I don't want to think about How you about said, just an omelet? You said probably just an omelet. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> you don't omelets. want to think about what goes into it? Yeah, I don't want to think about the chicken. I. What's a good animal? Penguin? Love it. Okay. It's a penguin. Yeah, because they mate for... Oh, they don't mate for life. Do you know they don't mate for life? Wait, what do you mean? Yeah, there's that movie about... What's the March movie? of the Penguins? March of the Penguins and about them like mating Happy for life. Happy Feet? Happy Feet, shout out Morgan Freeman. You Fee know that March documentary, Happy Feet? <laughs> Happy Feet's a great movie mm-hmm. and it's yeah, a great yeah. uh, lesson movie. But Me penguins and my daughter don't mate for the life. Lesson? Like to be proud of you being different. Ah. Yeah, that's what I told Delilah. Yeah, because the penguins Cause like he, dances. He can only and dance and then it's like in his clan or- You're not supposed his to His clan. Dance. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, bad word. In his troop. It's about being different in his clan. In his clan, his Kukuk's <laughs> clan. You can't, uh, dance. It's They're like, not the dancing tribe. It's like Footloose. Yeah, exactly. They're not the mm. dancing tribe. Robin Williams's tribe is the dancing tribe. Mm. And Uh-oh. so, but then he makes it to the point. He makes it where it's like he goes back to his tribe and they accept him as a dancer. Yeah. Which is cool. It's really heartwarming. Yeah, I love it. All right. Fucking good. Good, like, it was nice, um, nice uh, balance today in the episode. We talked yeah. about funny stuff, real stuff. Racism, penguins. Pe- penguins. Uh, anything, anything uh, you want to say before we end this terrific episode? I want to tell everyone that isn't familiar with the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that they should go. It's every August in Edinburgh, Scotland. It is the biggest arts festival in the world, and it's where some of the most amazing comedy in the world takes place. Shout out, shout out Edinburgh. <laughs> went there with my Edinburgh. baby mama. Good memories. Same trip. I went same there trip? with my girl. Yeah, I went. I went with her. I went with her to Edinburgh to my girl. The same trip that you oh, got detained. Yes, same trip. We eventually got into the country. We went to London, Paris, and Edinburgh. But now it's over, and she's with a new guy. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. Memories. I don't care. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye. I had hassle getting out this evening. I had to organize a babysitter. I don't have children. I've just found they're a lot cheaper than escorts. There's pretty much nothing they won't do for $40. A little smattering of applause for that. Well done, you. When I told my mum I wanted to grow up and be a comedian, she said, you can't do both. (laughs) I'm from Great Britain, obviously. Uh, What makes Britain great is our ability to laugh at ourselves. And when I say ourselves, I mean other people. (laughs) And when I say laugh, I mean invade. (laughs) I met an American woman who told me she thought all Englishmen were repressed and uptight. I was angry. I was upset. (laughs) But I managed to hide it. People ask me, what were you like at school? So I tell them I was a little black girl. There's about half of you laughing, half of you thinking, was he? (laughs) I saw a homeless guy getting off the bus. I thought, well, how does he know it's his stop? (laughs) I had an amazing cab driver here in New York City. A cab driver, he was smiling and whistling, clearly in a brilliant mood. He said, I love my job, I'm my own boss, Nobody tells me what to do. I said, left here. (laughs) You know when you go around to a friend's house for the first time and they say to you, 
Did you find it okay? What are you meant to say? <laughs> no, I'm still lost. <laughs> I saw a thing in the paper about animal rights protesters being up in arms because guinea pigs were being used in testing. I thought well, the clue there is in the name. <laughs> they're not calling them guinea pigs for nothing. <laughs> that is what they're for. A little slow, but you got there, and that's the important thing. Well done. Well done, you. Creationists, the right-wing Christians, creationists believe every word Genesis says. I don't even think Phil Collins is a good drummer. <laughs> what is it about being blind that makes you want to walk the dog the whole time? Surely the best thing about getting a face transplant would be turning up at the donor's funeral and going, <laughs> You definitely would, come on. Does anyone here know what you're meant to do if you're stung by a jellyfish? Does anyone know? Pee on it is exactly the right answer. Yes, if you get stung by a jellyfish, you're meant to pee on it. I didn't know this. I went on vacation and everyone told me, if you get stung by a jellyfish, you're meant to pee on it. Well, I'll tell you this much. It doesn't work as well on shark bites. <laughs> the boy's family were livid. <laughs> Apparently, once they've been dead a couple of hours, there is very little you can do, no. A boy genuinely died, just to make that joke funny. <laughs> don't cry, it's just a joke. Although it was a joke about pissing on a dead boy, so don't, you know. <laughs> maybe cry a little bit, but don't get carried away. If you were offended by that, good luck with the next one. Um, do you know what you're meant to do if you're attacked by a bear? You're meant to play dead. It's exactly the right, if you get attacked by a bear, you're meant to play dead. Do you know why you're meant to play dead? is to get you used to how you're going to be in a minute. <laughs> do you know what you're meant to do if you're attacked by a bear? <laughs> piss on a bear. <laughs> you think you should piss on a bear if it attacks you? You're like a walking advert for natural selection. If a bear's coming at you, sir, <laughs> and you whip it out, <laughs> Mr. Bear is just going to think, ooh, an hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> Delicious. My favourite story of the last year concerned a student. He was walking home late one night. He was drunk. This is his crime. He called a police horse gay. He saw a police officer on the back of a horse. He looked at the horse. He went, gay, your horse is gay. Now, if ever there was a victimless crime, surely that's it. <laughs> Calling a police horse gay. For a start, there's nothing the matter with being gay. Secondly, it's a horse it can't understand. <laughs> Thirdly, even if by some miracle it could understand, I think a horse would be fairly, you know, okay with being called gay. <laughs> because I think a horse would be fairly sexually self-confident. <laughs> For a start, it's hung like itself. But the police officer didn't let it go. Oh, no. 
He got off the horse and he arrested the young man. He fined him $100 for calling a police horse gay. I wish I'd been his lawyer. I would have got him off. Because in his defense, the horse was standing naked on all fours in the middle of the street. <laughs> With a uniform man on his back that is quite gay. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.